Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. I hope you all are having a fantastic day. So today I'm coming with you guys with a uh, very interesting podcast, or coming to you guys with a very interesting podcast. So I don't normally do fan film movie reviews because, you know, normally they're obviously super, super low budget and there's no VFX or any crazy thing uh, behind it. But this Spider-Man fan film that has been talked about um, starting three years ago when it was announced and was one of the most high Spider-Man movies until the director and two of the actors on the film had screenshots leaked back when they were like 15 years old in high school saying basically some racial slurs and a lot of people obviously got upset about this, especially in the, you know... Um, current climate that we live in, and it became this huge controversy back about a year ago, and this was also, I think, around the time when they first dropped the trailer for this movie. Now, there was a bunch of people that worked on this movie, VFX artists, um, crew members, other uh, actors and actresses in this movie that had nothing to do with the controversy, and, you know, it's really crazy, the story behind this movie, but... I've kept track of this movie for three years, even after the controversy, because number one, they were in high school when they said these things. And me obviously understanding that, and most people I think understand this, you grow up, you learn from your experiences in life. I'm very sure we all could go back in high school and say we did some dumb shit um, and said dumb shit if you dig into any person's backstory far enough. And obviously it doesn't, you know, discredit what they said back when they were younger. You know, obviously what they said was terrible and wrong. However, understanding that the screenshots came from when they were like 15, 16 years old to, you know, present day where they're in their 20s, like mid-20s, you know, I'm not going to hold something they did like 10 years ago against them. That's a lot of time to grow as a person. I've grown a lot since I was in high school and I graduated like three years ago, right? So they've had like quite a, you know, lot more time than I have. And because of that and the excitement I had for this movie and for everybody that put work into this movie outside of the people that were part of the controversy, of course, I was going to see it anyways because that's a lot of work, manpower, and a lot of people spent money funding this. Like this fan film, guys, had over $100,000 that they spent into the VFX and everything in this movie. And I gotta say, this movie was fantastic. And it actually speaks to even the their own personal situation. People can come from a very dark place and rise above it and become, you know, great, become better. And essentially, that's why the movie was called Spider-Man Lotus, because we all as people have, are, you know, in rough spots in life, have a lot of bad things happening but we can grow and become better from those experiences. So not only is the movie in and of itself, you know, very much Spider-Man centric and on top of that, um, you know, something we all deal with their situation of having racist comments back when they were kids and growing to be better from those experiences and the things they said back when they were in high school, I would say Spider-Man Lotus actually you know, the title and everything very much symbolizes their own personal growth as people. Now, 
Let's talk about the movie, obviously, and give a rundown on my thoughts on the movie and my actual review of the film, because the controversy, in my opinion, kind of just needed to be touched upon before I do the review portion, um, just so people kind of understand the process that this movie took to get to where it was. So, this movie's whole premise starts in the past, where we get to see... Um, you know, Gwen, Harry, Peter, and Mary Jane, and they're all talking, and they're hanging out, you know, and you hear some voice lines of Peter talking about how he wishes he could, you know, spend his life with Gwen and everything, because this is po or pre-Gwen Stacy's death. Now, this is not a spoiler, because it was in the trailers for the movie, but Gwen Stacy's death in this movie is the major part and uh, Norman Osborn's death is also the major part of this movie's story to where our characters are in the current day. So we get to see, you know, obviously, you know, Harry Osborn um, is suffering with alcohol and mainly uh, drug addiction uh, after his father's death. And obviously, for anybody that has read the Spider-Man comics... Green Goblin threw Gwen Stacy off the Brooklyn Bridge. I believe it was the Brooklyn Bridge. Haven't read the comics in a while. I've read a lot of them, but some of the stuff is a little blurry. Spider-Man shoots his web. It catches her leg, but she snaps her neck and she dies. And this leads to the Green Goblin end up dying and getting impaled on his own glider. Now, in this movie, they do a little bit of a... I guess you could say... So they do that. Like, they have Gwen Stacy's death, but you don't actually see Gwen's death. You kind of just get, like sound effects of her dying and the aftermath of her being dead and then you also get to see Green Goblin versus Peter in flashback scenes which is also kind of reminiscent to Raimi's Spider-Man um you know one and battle scene in an abandoned you know uh building but in this case it's a warehouse instead of a actual like old building and his suit's damaged and everything and he's fighting the Goblin so, there's that, um, and when we go into the future after Gwen's death and after Harry's dad's death, we obviously catch Harry abusing drugs, Peter, it, you know, flips out on MJ, essentially, basically calling her someone that's very self-centered and doesn't care about anybody but herself, and Mary Jane ends up giving him a letter that was written from the Bugle to Spider-Man about this kid, or, or, um, there was this, um, Tim, Tim's mom, Timothy's mom, she writes a letter to the Bugle to give to Spider-Man because her son is dying of cancer. And for those of you that don't know um, what I'm referring to, there is uh, two comic books or two storylines in particular that this movie is based on, which I believe is Spider-Man Blue and The Boy Who Knows Spider-Man. I think that's the name of the book. I could be wrong. Like I said, it's been a while since I've read the comics. But essentially, Spider-Man, of course, visits this boy that's a super massive fan of Spider-Man, but he has cancer and ends up dying from the cancer. So that's what these two, um, you know, main stories are for this. And this obviously has Spider-Man, you know, everybody's going through their own personal journey in this, like, Mary Jane is having to deal with the fact of running away from all of her problems and being afraid, and Harry, uh, Harry's having to deal with his, you know, drug addiction, and everybody's on bad terms in this movie. And we see, um, you know, Peter go to this kid's house, Timothy's house, and talk, uh, Timothy just talks with him about him being Spider-Man and this great hero, and Peter has this inner struggle because of everybody that he's lost, he recounts the telling of how Uncle Ben died, 
And essentially, they go way, way back into, like, the Amazing Fantasy uh, first comic book iteration. So, Peter has his old, um, you know, old suit, right? Like, John Romita, like, very first iconic Amazing Fantasy suit. He's got the web wings. The spider logo looks exactly the same. Even the eyes are a lot more squintier. And, you know, it talks about um, or shows... Um, him letting Ben's killer go, Ben dies, and he essentially recounts a story that because he didn't stop somebody um, when he had the chance to, somebody in his life got hurt because he chose to make a um, decision, and then he wanted revenge, and obviously he didn't end up going through with the revenge on uh, him at that time, but it's still something that stuck with his character. So Peter's feeling very responsible for a lot of people's deaths, and he ends up walking out of the room on Timothy, and, um, bumping into his mom, and his mom breaks down in tears, basically explaining to Spider-Man that, you know, he's looked up to, you know, Timothy has looked up to Spider-Man all these years, and he needs someone to believe in and to look up to, and Spider-Man means everything to him, and that's the thing about Spider-Man, right, I think that is amazing as a character, you know, he's lost so much in his life because of Spider-Man, like, everything Spider-Man does good ends up reflecting bad in Peter's life, um, and this, of course, always makes Peter fight with himself, even in the spectacular Spider-Man, right, in the cartoon uh, animated series, Peter, in the Kurt Connors episode, right, he helps Kurt Connors, but he gets a broken hand, and all of his friends end up resenting him and not trusting him, um, and he goes through this whole character arc of, he, uh, is gonna take this, you know, serum to not be Spider-Man anymore, but then he sees a picture of Uncle Ben, and he decides, obviously, that it wouldn't be something that Ben wants him to do, and he ends up pouring the serum down the, um, down the drain, but in this movie, obviously, right, you know, this, uh, kid, you know, he's dying of cancer, and he's afraid of, obviously, dying of cancer, and Peter ends up, you know, sitting down with him, and he keeps going through a scrapbook of all of these Daily Bugle articles of Spider-Man saving people, right? And I mean, they go through all, like, so many of his villains, it's not funny, you got Prowler on the wall, talks about Rhino, talks about Scorpion, talks about pretty much anybody, you even see, like, the old Spider-Man cartoons and the TV on the background, with, like, Kraven and stuff, like, it's crazy how many different characters in world building, they even have the Avengers in this, you know, this movie's universe, which is crazy, because, you know, Spider-Man brings up Captain America and Thor, but I don't think Spider-Man Lotus is gonna get a sequel, and even if it does, though, the Avengers are not very prevalent in this movie, they're, literally, the Captain America and Thor name drop is, like, the only outside world building to Spider-Man that you get in this movie, I even think I saw Big Wheel on one of the, uh, the Daily Bugle newspapers, which is a very obscure villain in comic books, which, if anybody doesn't know who Big Wheel is, it's literally a guy in a big wheel. I'm not kidding. That is literally what the villain is. But anyways, I I, I digress. Um, But no, it was a very t- heart-touching scene, and even uh, before Spider-Man leaves Timothy's house, um, he asks to know who Spider-Man is, and Spider-Man ends up showing his identity and Timothy's like, you know, do you have to go because I'm scared? And Spider-Man basically tells him that, you know, you're brave, braver than I ever could have been. Essentially giving, you know, him hope. And when he leaves and swings out the window, which the VFX in the swing scenes in this fan film is so crazy, they look so good. Obviously, they're not as published as anything in Hollywood, but they look pretty damn fucking good, especially with a $100,000 budget. Like, it's in between really bad 
and really great. It's 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 in the middle. Like you can tell it's CGI VFX, but it looks very damn good. The Spider-Man model they used especially looked phenomenal. But um I I really have to say though, it, it, it's a very, this is a very sad movie. You have de- uh, Gwen's death, everybody's dealing with some kind of trauma and personal um personal issues in this movie and Timothy does end up dying in this movie to cancer he does lose to cancer and this is after of course Spider-Man has a swing scene when he leaves Timothy's house and the heart uh monitor you know flatlines and there's a scene where you know Peter in his Spider-Man suits at Gwen's grave talking to Gwen about Timothy and all these other people and and he ends up walking out of the graveyard passing all the people that he's lost in his life from Gwen Gwen's dad um, his dad's grave, Peter's dad's grave, um, Uncle Ben's grave, and Timothy's grave, but he chooses to be Spider-Man, not because he wants to, but because he has to, and that's the thing that's inspiring about Spider-Man, no matter how bad life beats him down as Peter Parker, and how much Spider-Man negatively affects him, he still chooses to be Spider-Man and do the right thing, regardless of the cost it has in his own life, which I think is very inspiring, because, you know, as somebody, you know, who lives in life, like, I don't know if I've told anybody on the main personal podcast, but in, in, you know, my beliefs, I am, um, you know, a Christian and a Catholic. So by default, I have to sacrifice a lot of things in life that I would want to do, but I'm not supposed to do to try to do the right thing, which kind of feels like Spider-Man in a sense where he chooses to give up on the things he wants to do as Peter Parker to do what's right to help other people around him. So, like, making personal sacrifices. So, in a way, it speaks to me in that kind of way um, in my personal life. But it can speak to many people in many different forms, right? Um, Because, obviously, Stan Lee's purpose is anyone can wear the mask and anybody can be Spider-Man. But Spider-Man always comes from a place of tragedy, and that's what builds him up as a character, or an Uncle Ben moment. But this movie, you know, despite all the controversy that happened within it, this movie was fucking phenomenal. It emotionally made me cry. It made me cry, I won't lie. This movie made me tear up. It it was pretty emotionally, especially the scenes between Spider-Man and Tim... And, you know, those scenes really got me, right? Like, I read the comics back when I was a kid, but, like, I didn't fully comprehend everything, obviously, because I'm like, ooh, Spider-Man fighting crime and stuff. Like, I wasn't, you know, as invested emotionally in those stories when I was a kid. But, you know, seeing the the Timothy and Spider-Man scene, you know, it was so gut-wrenching, especially after Timothy died. I was like, no, not Tim. Because I haven't read the storyline in so long, so I forgot that Timothy died. So I was like, oh gosh, dude, this hurts me because, you know, as somebody that wants to be a dad someday and, you know, looks at children as like one of the most, you know, precious things that need to be protected, obviously when a child dies, it's a pretty gut-wrenching thing to, to you know, see on screen or to feel, whether you're a parent, you're a sibling, or if you're just a person hearing about that kind of thing, like it, it's it's something that naturally is going to give you a response, right? And it's going to make you feel really, really bad. But that's what's great about this movie. It makes you feel something, right? It makes you feel something for Mary Jane and the trauma that she's been through 
And the fact that she's always running and, and, and trying to be somebody that she's not to try to fill that void. And then Harry losing his dad and trying to always impress him and turning to, you know, drug abuse. And then Peter Parker pushing everybody out of his life and alienating himself to try to protect them. But also, we, we know how that negatively affects Peter and everybody else in his life by, by doing that. And this movie all around was very sad but it was so well done. The VFX was good. The acting, I thought, was very well done. Especially Mary Jane. Mary Jane fucking killed it in this movie. Um, You know, when it came to Gwen, Gwen was in the movie in the beginning. Throughout the movie, you see, like, flashbacks of her and you see, like, montages with her. But she doesn't get as much acting time in this movie. Um, But she did pretty good. And it also was really saddening because in this movie, you know, this movie takes place obviously a while after Peter's been Spider-Man, like a lot of his life's happened already that we don't see, we don't see all the fights and stuff that he's had, but he's going to propose to Gwen in this movie. And knowing that she's going to die because of the trailers, that was gut-wrenching because when I saw the ring, I was like, oh, Oh, no. It's like, she dies, though. We know this. We know the storyline as a Spider-Man fan. So it made me be like, oh, fuck. This is really upsetting. Because the beginning of this movie starts off with Spider-Man fighting Shocker, which, in my opinion, like, the whole, like, beginning of this movie is where you get most of your action. If you're here to watch a Spider-Man movie with a fuck ton of action, you're not, you're not going to get that in this movie. The beginning of the movie, that's what it is. It's an action sequence. With Shocker and his goons versus Spider-Man. And then, of course, you get the Green Goblin battle. But that one is not nearly as long. And it's also a flashback after the fact. So you know everything's going to be fine. But this movie, man... I, I gotta give this a 9 out of 10. I don't ever believe anything is perfect. It's very hard to make a perfect film. This is a fan film. And the acting was very good. Especially when we're talking about this is a fan film and the fact that these actors, this might be their first roles ever. It might not be. I could be wrong. But to, I, I think that these are these actors' first, you know, roles in a film. They did a great job. The VFX team, hats off to you guys. The swinging in this movie looks fucking amazing. I was blown away when I saw some of the swing footage back like... A year ago when the controversy was going on because they released a little snippet of the swinging and it was great then and it looks great now. And the some of the shots, like whoever was doing the cinematography and the camera work in this movie on like the New York skyline and like all the different angles they got, bro, was fucking amazing. Like some beautiful shots of New York. I was like in awe at how well that these were. Um, also nice to get some Agent Venom references in there with Flash Thompson going to the military. For those of you that don't know, Flash Thompson goes to the military, loses his legs, and eventually ends up getting paired with the Venom symbiote, which gives him his legs, but also, like, superpowers and stuff like that as well. So, for those of you that don't know about, you know, Agent Venom, it's a little bit of a tease at Agent Venom. But, nah, um, the writing was very well done. There was a lot of emotion and heart in this movie, and... You know, regardless of what you think of the actors that were, you know, exposed for stuff they did years ago or the director, this movie was great. And I can easily, you know, separate the art from the artists. 
it, this movie was great. It, it was a great Spider-Man fan film. And like I said, if you're an action guy and that's what you're looking for in your movie, you're not going to get it in this film. But this movie is good. It's very, very good. I will rewatch this movie probably a few more times in the next few days just because of how good this movie was. So to, to Gavin, to, you know, Warden, who is the guy that, you know, plays the main Spider-Man, to all the cast... And VFX artists, everybody, fucking great job. <laughs> Amazing movie. Regardless of what people, you know, like I said, be, you know, think about three uh, or two of the actors and, and, you know, the one playing Spider-Man, Green Goblin, and, of course, the director. Whatever your thoughts are about them as people, this movie was very well done. And if people are going to go out and say that this movie's trash just because of the things said in the past... That has nothing to do with the art that was created because there's so many people that worked on this project that had nothing to do with stuff that these guys said years ago in high school. And I think it's important to give those people the credit that they deserve anyways. But it's a great movie. I thought all around everything was done very well. Um, And yeah, there will probably be some people on the internet that says, you supported this movie, so you support racism. It's like, no, I don't. I just, I've been following the movie for a long time. What they said was heinous and awful, but it happened years ago. Chances are they changed as people. And on top of that, there's a lot of people that worked on this movie, donated to this movie, that believed in the project and put their all into it. And they deserve to, of course, get the credit that they deserve. So, and also, Spider-Man believes in people having a second chance and redeeming themselves. So why would you not believe that these people can redeem themselves? It's a it's an important message from Spider-Man. But, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is my uh, Spider-Man Lotus fan film review. And I am um, I'm very impressed with the product that they came out with. Um, I suggest you guys go watch it. You know, it's, it's a good watch. But, like I said, if you're there for action, this is probably not going to be the movie for you. But if you're looking for a good Spider-Man story that has heart and, you know, you want to feel something, this movie has that. It made, Like I said, it made me tear up. And I was very impressed. I did not lose time out of my day. I don't feel like I was robbed of, you know, two hours of my life. Technically an hour and 45 minutes because that's the official runtime without credits. But this movie I thought was very, very well done. Um, and I also look forward to Spider-Man Monsters of Manhattan. And I believe Brandon Mello is the one behind that show. And that's going to be like a, a five-episode season and it's going to be like Netflix length show. Um, and they they got quite a bit of money for that that show as well. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that show turns out. The Scorpion looks very good in that series. I'm very excited to see that. But when that comes out, I'll probably review that too. Um, I'm normally not a reviewer of fan-made stuff. But when they're as big as Spider-Man Lotus, especially with the budget they had and the marketing around this movie... It deserved to be covered. Um, and I will be putting a link in the description, obviously, to my link tree and stuff, but to Spider-Man Lotus as well, so that way you guys can go and watch the movie. But thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed, and I'll catch you all in the next one.